Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. And uh, if you would, turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 3, reading with verse 15. We'll walk through some verses here tonight. I do want to say that this Sunday, our services on September the 5th, they will go to a 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. time. 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And there will be no church this Sunday night due to Labor Day weekend. So hopefully you have a, a time with your family. And if you can give me a little more volume in the monitor, I'd appreciate it. I know I've been saying that, but my voice has been a little weak. You can help me in that area. That'd be great. Um, um, and so that's this coming coming weekend. We do want to say on September the 12th, we want you to join us in our 11 a.m. service. Uh, we're going to have a 9-11 memorial service in, that, in the uh, 11 a.m. service. We're going to have about a one-hour service and following. We're going to be honoring some of our first responders in our community. And on September the 12th, that day, we are putting in a 40-foot flag right out front in the landscaped area. And we're going to be raising the flag that day in honor 20-year um, 911 memorial. And I just think it would be great that we honor the flag on this property. Can you say amen? I'm thankful for our country. Amen. It's propagated the gospel around the world. It's one reason for its existence. And so... We are asking our 9 a.m. to come back. It's a Friendship Sunday, so come, come early. There's some food prepared that'll be patriotic off of the foyer September the 12th for that memorial service. And so come early and uh, greet, bring your friends and family and hang out before services. And so, but we're asking our 9 a.m. crowd to come back and you can park out and watch and be a part. And of that, it's not gonna be a real long service outside after our 11 o'clock. We're going to be raising the flag, have fire trucks out there. It's going to be an amazing time, so we want you to come. I, I do want to say that next Wednesday, starting next Wednesday on this night, we're going to be doing a four-week uh, four series on a journey through grief. And Sister Sharp uh, told me, she said, Pastor, everybody needs to go through this. She said, uh, because, you know, she's recently widowed precious brother sharp passed away earlier this year and she said every preacher needs to go through it because sometimes people don't know what to say and those what we call comforters can sometimes say the wrong thing such as I know what you're going through and you know they don't know what you're going through and one man told uh, a lady that I know pastor's wife her husband actually died in the pulpit while preaching and a man came up to her during the during the service and said you're selfish, you just need to get over it and move on. You know, trying to be strong, but trying to be a strength and did nothing but insult and make anger. And so in the four-week series, we're, we're talking about how to get through grief because I, I know Jesus can do everything, but Jesus was the Word. And we need the Word to get through the trials in our life. And taking four-week series and talking about Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me before he hath anointed me to what? To preach, to heal, to set at liberty them that are what? Bruised. And those that are bruised are people bleeding on the inside. 
It's a bruise that's bleeding on the inside. And I think we need to walk four weeks and go through a journey of grief and learn how to get through these things. And whether you've been through it, you're going to go through a loss of some time. And if you're not going through it, you can help somebody that's going through it. And I think in a church that believes in restoring people, this is something we ought to be a part of. Can you say amen? And so four weeks on that, and uh, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be a, a, a different setting than just preaching. Sister Annie Brown and I are going to be sitting up here in dialogue and talk through this concept of, of getting through grief. How many's ever had a loss and it was tough? And most everybody. And how many's ever been there wanting to be there for somebody, but you just didn't know what to say? We're gonna help you learn. So it's for those wanting to be a, a, a comforter and a helper and those going through it. And so uh, that is gonna be starting September the 8th. We're inviting, I'm asking you to invite everybody that you know that's going through something, bring them here. We're sending out flyers and connections and people. We've done a lot of funerals in the last year and a half. And so uh, matter of fact, would you lay your Bibles down and pray with pastor that God would move in that series and heal people? People get stuck. We make statements like, well, time's, time heals everything. It's not true. I look and see Brother and Sister Taya here. So glad to see you, Brother and Sister Taya. And uh, I was getting ready to honor them before I read my text, but, but they just lost their pastor. Bishop Ferris passed away. I, I know that they're grieving. I know how troubled I am about it. And, uh, and, and precious Sister Ferris, what she's going through. And I think that you never know what somebody's going through. But we want to have a church that is wise, spiritual, helpful. Can you say amen? Whether you're on your job, in the family, in the community, or right here in the church family. How many want to be a blessing? And uh, I want you to pray with me right now that God would just bless those four services specific. And that people will draw, be drawn here to get healed. Lord, I pray for families all over our community, friends of our congregation, friends, God, that, that I preach funerals for, that are broken and don't know how to deal with it, don't know how to deal with the pain of it, and trying to figure out life after death for their own selves. But I pray that there would be a great strength, the angel of the Lord, the power of the word of the Lord, would bring healing to these amazing people that have dealt with crisis and unexpected circumstances that God, it'll be amazing that Lord, there will be such healing in here and, and wisdom in Jesus name, in Jesus name we pray. Will somebody say amen? All right, Second Kings chapter three, verse 15, they've asked the prophet Elisha, they need a word from the Lord. They need a word from God. They are, they are at a great strait. Elijah has been taken to heaven. And somebody said, hey, I know, I know one that watered the, the hands of the prophet Elijah and that the word of the Lord is with him. And so they sent and brought Elisha to them. And when he got there, verse 15 says, he said, now bring me the minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that what happened? The hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. He prophesied. He prophesied after the hand of the Lord came upon him. But when did the hand of the Lord come upon him? After the music played. And I want you to teach you tonight. I, I, I've taught on six of the seven Hebrew words of praise. Tonight, I'm going to teach on the seventh word on the influence of music in worship. 
the influence of music in worship. And so uh, would you lay your Bibles down and practice that verse that says, clap your hands, all you people, and shout with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We magnify your magnificent name, a name that is above every name. There's power in your name. There's healing in your name. There's deliverance in your name. Oh, how I love you. Oh, how I praise you. You're worthy of every praise. You're worthy of the glory and the adoration. You died on the cross for me. In this entire world, we praise you on this Wednesday night. Oh, go ahead and clap your hands and magnify him. For we feel him. He is a worthy of our praise. Somebody say amen. Look at two or three people before you're seated and say, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Amen. I, I just feel like we ought to praise him one more time. It feels so good to praise him, doesn't it? Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, we magnify you. We glorify you. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. The word zamar is a Hebrew word that means to pluck the strings of the strings of an instrument, to sing, to praise. It's a musical word which is largely involved with joyful expressions of music with musical instruments. I've tried to teach our praise team and even our choir that when they're singing, they should have smiling faces. How many's ever seen a worshiper in the church on the platform look like they were in pain? How many's ever had that, that, that cry face? You know what I'm talking about. You ever, you ever had that cry face? Oh, you're just seeking God. Oh, my land. It's an ugly face, you know. You, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but there's a time to agonize in prayer. But a zamar is typically is an expression of joy. The zamar is a praise that goes along with the song, with a musical instrument, the plucking of the instrument, the percussion of an instrument, the, the sound of music that goes with that. And James teaches us in chapter five and verse 13, if they would throw that up there for me, the book of James chapter five, and verse 13, we're, we're very familiar with, with verse 15. If there's any sick among you, let them call the elders of the church. But James 5, 13 says, is any among you afflicted? Let him what? Pray. But it says, is any merry? Is there any happy people in the building? He said, let him what? Sing songs. You know, it makes you want to whistle when you're happy. Doesn't it? Walking down the street and whistling, oh, it's a good day. The skies, skies are clear and the birds are singing and the sun is just right and it, it feels good. Just puts a little a, a pep in your step and you feel good and make you want to sing and uh, sing because you are merry. The, 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 James was teaching us who was a man of practicality. He said, happy people ought to sing. And I want to say to you that when we come to the house of God, praise 
shouldn't be happy. Oh, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, man, it's hard to sing that and not smile. And oh, you look over at Brother Grumpy over here and Sister Pickle Juice on this side of you, you know. And uh, oh, when I think, oh, I don't know, I can't do it the way they do it, but you know, it looked like they were baptizing lemonade. Sour, sour. But I think there should be expression. My, my dad taught us growing up that it takes 33 muscles to frown and it only takes 13 to smile. So, so, so relax, he'd say. Look at your neighbor and smile. Doesn't it feel better to smile? Let's just stop right there. Point number one, amen, smile. And I think sometimes that because we are in a crowd and we're in a group of people, we can be tense. We can be wondering. You've got all dressed up and ready to go, but sometimes you're, you're, you're trying to deal with people around you and sometimes you can just be very, very serious. Just relax. Church is about being happy. How many of us about being happy? Oh, the, the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I think all the way to the church, amen, just, just start praising him on the way in. Praise the name of the Lord. We just, we just ordered a sound system that when you pull in the parking lot, you're gonna be able to hear worship music when you get out of your car. And no matter where you're at around the building, you'll be able to hear worship music. Amen, because this is a house of prayer. This is a, and he said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be what? Thank one to him and bless his name. You know why? For the Lord is good. How many believe God's good tonight? How many thankful that he's good? He's always good. He's never been bad. Amen, and he's always worthy of my praise. Praise the name of the Lord. And so music influences worship. And that should be specific. It should be intentional. And uh, that's why they practice as hard as they do. And they sing as much as they do. And uh, it's because it does influence us into an atmosphere. Isn't it true? I mean, if we're seeking a, a, a repentance service, we probably don't want to sing some fast, jump up, shout, 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 all night. Yeah, we do. There's a time for the shouting, but there's going to be a, there's, there's certain music themes that match where we are in the service. How many know what I'm talking about? Let me just say this tonight. I love to dance and shout in church. I like that. You know, growing up, they would have, man, we had a shouting service. It was so good. We didn't even have any preaching. You know what I'm talking about? And I like a good shouting service, but you know, powerful dancing, shouting, leaping for joy and the joy of the Lord was so powerful. I've never shouted that I regretted it. But not every service is gonna be that. Might be seasons of it, services here and there. There's sometimes the most powerful service was I just standing there and my hands were lifted and tears were flowing. Just felt like God was hugging me. I wasn't leaping, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, uh, expression in the sense of uh, exuberance, but oh, my heart was yearning for him. He might have been sing, singing a song. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It moves us. I don't want to dance and shout at that moment. Yada him. Barak him on my knees. Praising him on your knees. I'm using the Hebrew words we've already studied. Get on my knees and oh, you're worthy. You're the greatest. There's no one like you. Heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. It's motivated by a song or an atmosphere. Can you say amen? Music influences an atmosphere of praise and of worship. Thanksgiving, exuberance. How many know there's time for all of it? But music is an influence of that. I've seen God try to move in somebody in the music department that's not sensitive, of course not here, because we're perfect in all of our ways here. But in travel, really, I, I've been there where there was a service that was, God was calling people. Now, I, I don't know how all of you were raised, but when I was growing up as a boy in church and conviction, conviction was so thick. Conviction. God pulling on the heartstrings of men and women. The preacher said, bow your head and close your eyes. Oh, my lands. I'd have been, I'd have felt like the judgment of God's gonna come on me if I lifted an eyelid. And I thought lightning was going to strike all those people and went to the restroom at that moment. Are y'all with me? Oh, I never wouldn't want to lift an eyelid because, bow your hand and close your eyes because God's reaching for somebody. And the room would go silent. And that altar call and you'd hear, <laughs> every now and then somebody go, oh, what were they doing? God was reaching their heart. God was moving on them. And the piano player, who is ever in the keys or the organ, whatever, is playing matching the atmosphere. A song about, there's room at the cross for you. There's people weeping all over the room. There's room at the cross. Millions have come. There's still room for one. There's room at the cross for you. You don't want at that moment be going dance some music. And let me just reverse it. There's sometimes it's time to shout. Somebody just got healed. Somebody was just filled. Somebody got delivered. A breakthrough the church has been praying for for, for for seven weeks. And we've seen a breakthrough in a family and we're rejoicing because somebody was healed. Somebody got a wheelchair. It's okay to say shout, 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 shout all night. All night, amen. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out hallelujah. Thank God, then exuberance. You don't want to sing amazing grace at that moment. You want to, there ought to be something matching what's in the atmosphere. Come on, clap your hands and shout and praise him. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. And so it matches the dance, the dancing before the Lord. It matches the leap for joy, the clap your hands and shouting. And so music does play and has an influence in how we worship. How many know it set the mood? 
And I've, I, I have traveled, I have traveled and I've had people to, God was trying to do something. There was an atmosphere there. I was preaching one time up in the northern part of Ohio and there was a guy on the organ. He was good on that organ. My goodness, he was good. But uh, I was just taking a moment preaching about conviction, but he took us down into the valley of repentance. It was good for the moment, but I needed to come out of there and get on the mount, victory on the mountaintop. I finally turned around and said, you got to get us out of here, amen. We way down here. We need to get up on top of that mountain again, amen. And because uh, I wasn't where I was, I knew where I was going. And, and in, in musical ministry, that they, they need to be able to feel that. And it's amazing how many times without me, sometimes we tailor pick the songs. We're very intentional at moments. But sometimes they just, our music director, Sister Rachel and those that are singing, they practice a song and they'll sing a song that matches what I'm preaching. Because the word and the music go hand in hand. You need a prophetic word? Let's do what? Let's start music in, worshiping him in the Zamar. And that's what the prophet was saying. You need a word from the Lord, but we need to first create that atmosphere for the word to be spoken. And if you will study creation, you'll find in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, the earth without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. How many know that? And what did he first do? He said, the spirit of the Lord did what? moved upon the face of the waters. Why did the Spirit of the Lord move? Because atmosphere is essential. He created an atmosphere first and then he put everything in order. Let there be light. Let the, you know, the, the night from day and, 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 and separate the sea from the land and on and on, six days of creation. He first created atmosphere. And the reason some of you struggle in your prayer is because you try to come from work to prayer or you try to get up in the morning with your to-do list and then go to prayer. This is not how it works. You've got to create an atmosphere of prayer and then get into prayer. That's why worship music is key. Sometimes, I mean, you can't be listening to country music and get into... Here I am to... You're not going to go from cheating songs to here I am to worship. My lands, I done hit, I done struck a chord, amen, with somebody here. And uh, you, you, you've got to learn that a holy song, because you know what will happen? If you get the wrong music, it's going to influence your flesh and not your spirit. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. When I was growing up, rock and roll was wrong. Now it's only wrong on Sunday in the church service. And if we're not careful, we'll live all week. Something feeding the carnal part of us. We get to church and wonder why we have no emotion to pour in the master. And the reason is we have fed our carnal minds and we have starved our spiritual soul. Oh, it's the truth. Amen. The Bible says to pray without seeking. And we ought to walk with the Lord, not just on Sunday, but Sunday through Sunday, walk in a place with him. I'm not saying we're always going to be spiritual, but we should be holy at all times. Let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable. Amen. I, told our, I tell our young people, I said, you're going on a date, they're young couples, you're going on a date, you turn on the wrong music, you're going to get the wrong emotions. You're going to start stirring up stuff that's only for married people. 
I know it's old, but you turn on John Michael Montgomery and start saying, singing to them, I love the way you love me. You're not going to be thinking about Jesus. Come on. I'm shameless in whatever Garth Brooks was saying. Are you with me right now? Because music influences. It influences the world. They're masters of it. They have, they have mastered the art of musical influence. And don't forget some of its origin comes from the devil. He was the son of the morning. He had beautiful pipes and the way he would worship and he was decorated in, in, in the finest of jewels and the one third of the angels with him. And I believe that when he was one of the three angels, Gabriel, Michael, and Lu he wasn't always the devil. He started as Lucifer. He was a worshiping angel. One was the ministering, one was the warring, and Lucifer was the praising. And what would happen is when he would begin to, the choir of heaven, I'm convinced of this, began to glorify God in the nature of God. God's nature would respond to the worship of the angels. And when it would happen, it would reflect off of those holy angels and there would be a glistening color that would come off of those decorated cherubs shining all different types of color around the universe until the Lucifer began to want to be above God or equal with God according to Isaiah 14. And then he was cast down. Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning cast down from heaven. Because he, he allowed the music to lift him up to try to be equal with God. You know what he was wanting? He was wanting to be worshiped. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now, he still wants to be worshiped. He still wants to take the praise of God's praisers, the creation of God, those that were made in his image, worshiping everything but him. Can I tell you, you gotta be careful to spend all of your emotion on everything entertaining and not entertaining the one you were made to entertain. And it's God that you were made to entertain. Praise the name of the Lord. God has called us to lift him up. Oh, come before his gates with singing. Praise and magnify him. Oh, I think we ought to take a moment and entertain the creator. Entertain God. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Somebody say he's worthy. God's called us to entertain him. Amen. Praise you the Lord. Praise you the name of the Lord. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. You know, we can say we don't like praise, but we like to be praised. Oh, you're looking good today. Well, you didn't have to say that. Oh, I like that. I like that outfit. Oh, it brings a color out in your eye. You're going to wear that outfit again. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. All you ladies, look at your husbands and you tell them, say, oh my goodness, you're so strong. Whether, whether he thinks about it, he's going to do one of these numbers. You didn't have, you don't, you didn't have to say that. Then he starts strutting down beside you at the mall. And carrying, he, he's got 14 bags carrying it through the mall because you're shopping together. And amen. Oh, I'll carry that one too, praise God. I, just feeling good today. You feeling good because you said you're looking good. Because praise is comely. And we were made in his image. And listen to me. In a world that in their defiant nature from hell, 
that are defying everything about him. The spirit of the Antichrist to defy everything that's holy. My Bible said with the, with the Bartons just before church, the Bible says they would, des, they would despise those that are good in that day. Everything about God that makes him who he is, his holiness, his righteousness, his morality, his purity, the, God, the, 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 the cleanliness of God is defied by an entire generation now. They mock him. They make fun of him. They, they, they degrade him. They talk against God. They teach that he's not even real. And his own creation that to every man is, every, to every man there's dead a measure of faith. There's no such thing as a true atheist. It's just a fact. They were debaptizing people in Columbus with hair dryers. They call us crazy. Debaptizing people. If they didn't think there was a God, why are they fighting it? But there's just something in them defying what God is about. You better be careful here tonight. Because if we're not careful, we will allow the, the influence of the Antichrist, the influence of a generation to keep us from doing what we were made to do and that's to worship him. I'm going a little further than I wanted to tonight, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you got to be careful that Saturday nights are not spent watching some, some emotional thing that draws all of your emotion out of you and you spend every tear, every bit of joy, every bit of laughter on something that doesn't matter and you come to church and don't have anything in your bank account to pour on him of your emotion because you spend it all on everything else. The devil's sly. He'll steal every bit of emotion you've got. You know what I think we ought to do? We ought to Sabbath ourselves away and say, when I get to church, I'm pouring all my love on him. I'm pouring all of my emotion on him. I'm pouring all of my praise on him. Brother Ethan, I've watched it over the years. I've watched it even in this house. I've seen it a few times, but we can get all worked up over the Buckeyes, but we can't get worked up over somebody repenting. Amen. Somebody called me and said, the Buckeyes lost. You're going to have a bad service. Shame on us. Shame on us if that's the truth. That your team doesn't, I'm meddling right now, but it feels right. Buckeyes don't win. You can't worship because the referee didn't make the call and you're mad because somebody called you and said, told you they weren't gonna win that game. So you got an attitude. You can't even praise God. You know what the devil did? The devil just lost, just, just won a war when you come to church and you can't praise him because your team that the world is worshiping Come on, it's the truth anyhow. And if we're not careful, if the devil sees every time he can make you mad, you won't worship, you're gonna get mad every Saturday night. But you gotta make up in your mind. When I get to the house of the Lord, I'm gonna praise him. He's been too good to me. He's done too much for me. I was broken and he picked me up. I was down and he was the lifter of my head. Somebody shout glory. I think we ought to take 15 seconds and just magnify him. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, praise God. Well, I'm on it, I'm meddling, but I'm just where, where I'm at. If we're not careful, we'll spend all of our emotions on social media. Spends all of our emotions on sitcoms. Spend all of our emotions and we're bankrupt when we get here. I know I'm being redundant, but sometimes we become emotionally numb. We're singing about the cross and you, you're, thinking about, you're, you're thinking about next week's processes and next week's schedules and you come to, and we're singing about Calvary. We're singing about the healing power of God and you're thinking about somebody that did you wrong last week and 
road rage you had at the stoplight. I don't know, but if we're not careful, we'll come to the house of God and think about everything but God. And we missed the whole reason that we're here. We're not here to be seen. We're not here to get a perfect attendance. We're here because if it had not been for the Lord, I wouldn't have what I have. I would be who I am. He's blessed me. He's healed me. Come on, is there anybody thankful in the building? Hallelujah. Come on, take a minute and say, you've never been anything to me but good. I praise your name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. And so praise does something amazing. When the music, when the music is in tune with what his spirit is doing. And how many know we, we need to be about what God is doing at that moment? Not every service is gonna be the same. Not every, same, not every service is gonna have the same purpose. We might have services where it's crusade night. It's healing night. It might be a, a repentance night. It might be a teaching night. But he's always worthy. We gotta get in the vein of what he's doing and worship him for who he is. Now listen, when we're here, we gotta follow his flow. Amen. Praise does something miraculous in us, whether we're in church, it's just the principle. When you get praised and somebody validates you and somebody speaks life into you, honors you, says something good about you, it makes you wanna keep going. It's called encouragement. Everybody say, an encouraging word leads to future. It's called praise. You can't separate praise from future. Future from praise. There's, there's, there's let me just step in here and teach you. In, in the Bible, there's this guy by the name of Judah. Judah was born right after Levi. Levi was the priesthood. Judah created the descendants that would lead to Christ. And what happened is she'd had three children by Jacob and didn't feel loved because he loved Rachel. But what happens is finally she said, I can't, I can't get the approval of man. So I'm just gonna praise God that I've got the approval of God. And she says, so I'm just gonna name him Judah and just start praising God and quit worrying about everybody else. So the principle of praise is not worrying about what other people think of you. It's just thinking about what you think of him. We sing a song, send up Judah. So the principle of praise, the principle of Judah is when you come to church, you don't think why somebody else is thinking about you. You just come here thinking about him. Not what happened during the week. What's going on? You just start thinking. And when you start praising him, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Somebody shout, he inhabits the praises of his people. And when he gets here, guess what comes with him? Priesthood. Priest should be prophesying. The whole reason to have him priesthood is get to the future. Is get to the next day. Is get through the trial. I don't know if y'all hear me preach right now, but I'm preaching to you. Is get through what I'm going through. Is get through the next work week. Get through the chaos in my life. When you start praising God, you will always feel better and start thinking, I think I can take tomorrow too. Somebody say amen. amen. That's why you don't just want to come to church. You need to come to church. Because when you get here, when you get here, and the atmosphere is set and people have been praying and people start worshiping. That's why you need your brother. And people say, well, if I don't show up, I wouldn't be missed. Don't think that way. That's a lie from the devil. Right. 
because when you get there and you smile and you come in the door and say, isn't the Lord good? We're going to praise him today. Somebody gets up here and says, let's all stand. Let's clap our hands. Let's love the Lord. You know what you're doing? Atmosphere of praise is always futuristic and brings prophecy. Everybody say this. An encouraging word brings a prophetic tongue. An encouraging word brings prophecy. It's a principle. You want to operate in the prophetic? Become an encourager. Anybody can be a critic. How many know it's wrong? No, no. How many know that, what that is? But when you seek to be a praiser and an encourager, now I'm not talking about flattery. I'm talking about encouragement. There's a difference of intent. But when you become an encourager, what happens is from, from an encourager uh, and, and from the encourager, God uses that to bring prophecy and fulfillment because praise always leads to future. So Zamar influence is to create an atmosphere of praise that's joyful. <laughs> and in that atmosphere, somebody can come out and say, you know what? The devil tried, but God just gave me the victory. I just got a word that I'm gonna win and I'm gonna be above and not beneath. The, the head and not the tail. Come on, I'm gonna be blessed coming in and going out. I wish somebody would start prophesying with me. God's going, I am a man of God. I am a child of God. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's what happens in the church. I wish somebody would stand up and say, I'm gonna win this. I'm gonna be better than I've ever, I wish you would prophesy. I'm gonna be better than I've ever been. I'm gonna do more than I've ever done. God's gonna bring grace and mercy on my life. Amen. Come to the music. Praise the name of the Lord. But you, just remain standing. You've got to learn to praise him. When? Thy praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. I made my mind up years ago when I was 15. I was standing on this side of the church of the youth camp. And I remember, man, I just made my mind. I don't care what anybody else does in this room. I'm gonna praise him. Doesn't matter how I feel, who gets involved or who doesn't. If it's just me and the seniors in the church, I'm gonna praise him. If all the young people want to sit in the back row and fold their arms like, like they don't know what's going on, let them, but I'm gonna praise him. I made my mind up. I'm gonna praise him. Because you know what? Because I was born a crippled and he healed my crippled feet. I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I hadn't been for the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, did you bring your shouting shoes tonight? Turn around somebody and say, you bring your dancing shoes tonight, praise God. Ask somebody next to you, say, you got your garment of praise on? Come on, ask somebody next to you, say, you got your garment of praise on? Because you can, you can, you can change the spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. <coughs> somebody say amen. amen. Come in weary, leave rejoicing. He turned my mourning into dancing. My sorrow into, somebody shout joy. joy. Is Zamar important in church? Is it? Just remain standing. Praise God, hit that key again. Amen. I feel better already. He that is merry, let him sing. Um, Somebody ought to look at your neighbor and say, mm -hmm. 
That sounded all right. Some of you could have done a little better. Can you say amen? Ephesians teaches us. He's teaching us. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. 5 and 16. Ephesians 5 and 16. Watch this. Remain standing. See it? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but what? Understanding what the will of the Lord is. And he goes on and says, 18. Be not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. He said, don't drink till you get drunk. That's carnality. Your, your escape shouldn't be alcohol. Oh, let it be a hearty amen. amen. He said, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. You got to get filled with the Spirit. How do you get filled with the Spirit? Somebody shout, filled with the Holy Ghost. How do you get filled with the Holy Ghost? How? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing, songs, melody. He's telling you how to get filled with the Spirit. Start singing. Start praising. Start worshiping. Verse 20, giving thanks sometimes. Always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, let me tell you how to deal with the times. Get filled with the Spirit. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Pray through. How do you pray through? You need to start praising God. You need to start being thankful for everything. Quit finding everything wrong. Quit listening to the news and get a hold of what God's doing. It's going to be all right. He's on the throne. I've had people get upset at me in town because I'm not relevant enough with politics. It's not my job. Let me tell you my job. It's not that I can't have some level of relevance, but you know what my job is? To get us in the spirit and to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. Amen. You know what happens to that? You'll get understanding of the times and what God's doing instead of hearing some fallacy about what the... I don't want to hear what an unbeliever's saying. I want to hear what the Jesus is saying. And I'm going to praise my way in the Oh, 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 thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you, oh Lord, for saving my soul. I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for washing my sins away. song. That's because I'm writing it right now. It's my song. It's called a Tehillah praise. And you got to learn to just get real with God and say, I'm not what I used to be. He changed me. He lifted my head. He turned my life around. And I'm going to praise Him. 
Amen. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, don't, 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 don't make, listen, don't criticize a worshiper. One lady in the Bible did that and she was unable to have children ever to be fruitful again. Ended up stealing babies after that. It's the truth. Don't criticize a worshiper. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, don't criticize a worshiper. Become one. Can I help you? Don't criticize them because they're not as exuberant as you are. And don't criticize them because they're more exuberant than you are. Not everybody's going to be like me. Amen. And that's okay. And not everybody's going to be like you. And that's okay. But when we come to church, we come here for one reason, and that is to praise His name. We've come to find joy. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.